this week's parasha is Parashas Kiseitze. And there's a pasuk in this week's parasha that says, Leisire chamara fecha aishayroi neiflam baderach. You shouldn't see your friend's donkey or his ox that have toppled on the road. They have collapsed on the road. V'salamta mehem. And you turn away from them. Sort of like uh, you're driving down the highway and you see a, a friend of yours or you see somebody whose car is having a... The engine is overheating or they have a flat tire. And we sort of sometimes look away from that and we pretend we didn't see it or we say, uh, let somebody else worry about it. The Torah is telling us that when we see such a thing, then we cannot look away. We cannot look away. Hakim Takim Imai. You have to help your friend. You have to pull over, roll up your sleeves, and help your friend pick up that Hamar and that Shar. You have to come to the assistance of your friend when he is in trouble. And you have to help him doing whatever needs to be done under the given situation. The Chavetz Chaim in a Sefer brings a Sifri, a fascinating Sifri. The Sifri says that notice the Lush of the Pasuk, Hakim Takim Imai. You have to help him, but together with the Balabayas. The owner of the Shar is not absolved of his personal duty to help himself. Meaning, if let's say you do see your friend with a flat tire, you have a mitzvah to go and help. But you don't have a mitzvah to go and help alone. Meaning if the owner of the car says, oh, Baruch Hashem, you have a mitzvah to do it, and now I can go and just sit in my car and you know relax for a few minutes, while you're doing the heavy lifting, no. That's not what the Torah is saying. The Torah is saying very specifically, you only have an obligation to assist together with the owner. Hakim takim imay. The shar collapsed, the chamar collapsed, you have to help pick, it, pick up the shar and the chamar, but don't think that you have to do it alone. You have to only do it if the Balabayas himself is helping himself. If he is just absolving himself of all personal responsibility because he's putting it on you, then you're off the hook. Because he has to help himself with his own problem. He cannot just completely rely on somebody else, on you, to do it for him. He has to do it himself. And the Chavitz Chaim, in a most brilliant and beautiful fashion, applies this to a more general, more cosmic sphere. And he says that this is very similar to the relationship that we have with the Rabbeinu Shalom. Many times we have our own personal issues that we come to the Rabbeinu Shalom with and we say, Rabbeinu Shalom, I have a problem. I need assistance from you. You have to give me siyat dishmaya. I really want something. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is here to answer our prayers. But, says the Chavitz Chaim, he's not going to do it alone. 
You don't just daven to the Rabbeinu Shalom and say, okay, I davened and now the Rabbeinu Shalom has to do everything on his own and I don't need to do a thing because I davened. It's hakim, hakim. HaKadosh Baruch will help you, but it has to be imai. It's only assuming that you do your own personal duty in the relationship that HaKadosh Baruch will give you the siyat dishmaya and he will finish the job or he will help you. But you have to do something. You have to make it your business that you are applying yourself to whatever you're davening for. The Chavetz Chaim gives us two examples. The first one was obviously very near and dear to his heart. And that's, of course, Shmir Salashen. The Chavetz Chaim says, what do we do? We say every morning and every afternoon, every evening, if we have Kavana by the end of davening, in the end of Shemir what is that feel of Elikai Does anyone even know what that feel is about? Elikai is a feel that we say after every Shemir Asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please help me out with Lashon Hara. People think that the whole concept of Lashon Hara was created in the 1930s with the Chavetz Chaim. The Chavetz Chaim, before the Chavetz Chaim was born, there was no mitzvah in the Torah called Shmir Salashon. The Chavetz Chaim, Rabbi Yisrael Meir Kagan, he came along and he was mechadish to the world that there's a mitzvah of Shmir Salashon. Obviously, that's ridiculous. These are psukim in the Torah. And not only that, but every Yid has been davening from time immemorial. It must be a very important mitzvah if every single Yid, every day, three times a day at least, is davening to the Rabbi please help me guard my tongue from speaking evil. So the Chavetz Chaim says, people think, oh, I daven the Lekai Nitzar, and now that's it. I'm Pater from Shmir Salashen. Obviously, says the Chavetz Chaim, you have to be nizer yourself. Try as hard as you can to not speak Lashon Hara. And then HaKadosh Baruch will give you the Siyat Dishmaya to really finish the job. But if you're just going to daven, you think that that's enough. And then you go and, you know, you go up to breakfast after you're davening and you start talking uh, about other people. Well, obviously, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hands are tied then. It's only obligatory and HaKadosh Baruch Hu to help you, Hakim Takim, if it's Ima. you got to give him something, some material to work with. If you're just doing your own thing and davening, davening is not enough. There's a famous expression that, I think it's a Gaisha expression, and I always wondered if it's something, you know, sometimes you hear things that are, that are um, of questionable uh, source, and you don't know if it's, a, if it's a Jewish concept or not. And there's a very famous Gaiyish uh, Piskum, and it says, God helps those who help themselves. Is that a Jewish concept or not? Is that, is that true? Does God only help those who help themselves? And I think the Chavetz Chaim is saying, yes. HaKadosh Baruch will help you. He will give you Siyat Nishmaya, but you have to help yourself. It's only Hakim Chakim Imai. It's only if it's together with you that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will and can pick you up, pick up your shah, your proverbial shah, the weight, the burden that you're carrying, those challenges, those crises that you deal with, you have to do something on your own in order to get the siyat d'shmayef HaKadosh Baruch Hu to complete the job. The second mashal the Chavetz Chaim gives is amazing, and it's so true. 
he says that every day in davening, another thing that we daven for, every day we daven in Avarabba, it's my favorite song, open my eyes, enlighten my eyes in your words of Tyro. Let me be able to chap a Gemara. Let me be able to mechadish kedushet Tyro. Let me be able to chazer. Let me be able to have the hasmada that I want. The baharevna, the geshmak in learning. This is something that I want so badly. Okay. So you think davening alone is going to give you that? You think because you say baharevna, that's alone going to do it? The Chavetz Chaim says absolutely not. Don't think that davening is going to be the quick fix of being able to be a Talmud Chacham. He says, you have to, right after you say, and after you finish your Shemana Esra and your davening, you have to go and sit down and learn. He wasn't necessarily talking to Yeshua Bacham that have Sarim. But let's say you're a Baladayas, and you're davening, and then you run out to the train station, and you don't, you don't come back, and you don't learn the whole day. But I daven Why am I not having siyat d'shmaya and learning? What do you mean? You're not learning. You're not doing anything for the rabbinic Islam to enlighten your eyes. You got to sit and learn. There's no easy way of being a talmud chacham without sitting and learning. We all know that. But yet, somehow, psychologically, we think that merely davening and then having kindness on the rabbinic Islam for not making me a talmud chacham is going to do the trick. And that's not true, says the Chavetz Chaim. He brings a beautiful muscle and he says, imagine if, let's say, there is a person that's having a lot of financial difficulties and he needs desperately to come up with $10,000 because otherwise he's going to be evicted or his business is going to go under. For whatever reason, he needs $10,000 very badly. And he's walking on the street and he has a cloud of depression over his head and fear and nervousness and all of a sudden he sees that there's the wealthy gazir of town and he's walking down Main Street. He says, ah, maybe this is my Yeshua. Maybe this guy's going to give me a loan of $10,000. He runs over to him and he says, Mr. Cohen, please, I'm begging you. You know me. I daven in your shtibo. I need $10,000 so badly. Please give me the money. It's, I'll get it back to you as soon as I possibly can. Mr. Cohen looks at him and he says, okay, I'm going to do it. But I'm a busy man. I'm going to be home now. I'm walking home after davening. I'm take, I'm, I have to go to work at 9.30 in the morning. I'm not going to be home anymore. So you have to come to my house between now and 9.30. And after that, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to, to be home to give you the money. But I have a check that I will give you for the money. Okay. He goes home, Mr. Cohn, and he's eating his breakfast. And it's 8.45 and it's 9 o'clock, and it's 9.15, and this person never showed up to get the check. It's 9.30, he's waiting, he's looking on the block, is he coming, is he coming, and he doesn't come, he goes to work. And then the next day, he's walking again in the street, Mr. Cohn, on Main Street, and this person again runs over, oh, Mr. Cohn, Baruch Hashem, that I, I was able to find you, I need that 10,000 hours. He says, okay, remember yesterday, you didn't come, I'm going to give you another chance. 9.30 I leave for work. Make sure to come to my house before then. And again, 
Mr. Cohen is eating breakfast and it's 8.45, it's 9 o'clock, 9.15, 9.30, the guy doesn't show up again. And the next day he comes back on the street, they bump into each other, oh, Mr. Cohen, that money, I need it. So he says, listen, give me a tie book. He says, if you were really so desperate for the money, you would have made it your business to come over to me during the allotted time that I told you. Obviously, it's not such a, there's not such a, an emergency over here. He says, no, no, today I'm going to do it. He says, okay, but it's your last chance. And again, 8.45, 9 o'clock, 9.15, 9.30, he doesn't come. What's Mr. Cohn supposed to do? What's he supposed to do? What more can he possibly do? The Chavitz Chaim says, this is us. This is us every single day. We're screaming, we're crying, and it's used to say that he never was able to mechadish to a day that he didn't cry by Abarabo. Lishmaya Abarabo is the most powerful tefillah for Tyra. If you want to be matzliach and learning, cry by Abarabo. That's the birchas Tyra. That's the that's the tefillah for Tyra. But if we're crying and we're screaming, and we're singing, and we're, we're beseeching. And after the Shabbat says, okay, I got therapy, I'm going to give it to you. Come to me right away, I'll give you the check, I'll give you that slacha and learning. But what do you do? Huh? Breakfast, and then I'm going to go back to my room, I'm going to check my emails, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, shop. The, and you're not even coming to learn. What in the world is the Rebbe Shem supposed to do? Hucking Tucking Imai. You're a shittif here. You're not a, this is not a sole proprietorship. The Rabbi Shalom is not responsible to inject our brain with Tyra. We have to be able to sit and learn. And when we sit and learn, then all of the tfilas of Baha'i all the schoolas that the Rabbi Shalom can give us to have a Gishmak in learning, to have a smada, to have Abbasat Tyra. All of those things will come, but it's only going to come once we help out. We have to do our own share. And then the Rebbein Hashem will assist us. A great Rosh Hashiva once said that nowadays we want to be Reb Kivager overnight. In one night, everybody wants to be Reb Kivager, and that night you want to get a good night's sleep. You want to have an eight-hour sleep, and you want to be Reb Kivager. It's not going to happen. You have to be able to learn. You have to be able to sit and dedicate yourself to learning, and then Akadosh Baruch can shower our seeds with bracha and make us blossom and flourish. But if we're going to just do nothing, Akadosh Baruch can't help. He doesn't have to. He, it would be ludicrous for him to help because we're not helping ourselves. Akadosh Baruch only helps those who help themselves. I had a an old bart that I used to say that if you look in the Memches Kinyane Hatayra. The 48 ways of acquiring Tyra. It's at the end of Pirkei Abbas, the last parak of Pirkei Abbas. And as everybody knows, you know, these are what you study during Shavuos, you know, during Days of Sirah, and Kabbalah Satira, the Memches Kinyan What's the first of the 48 ways of acquiring Tyra? The first one, which is probably the main one, I would think, is one that's called Bitalmud. You look up in the Pirkei, the first one is B'Talmud. The first king of Tyra is B'Talmud. What does that mean? The other ones are, you know, uh, 
having a purple chaverim and having a mamrai and anava, whatever. Simcha, all, all of the mem- many things you have to do to acquire. The very first of the 48 is the Talmud. And I always thought, what is the Mishnah telling us? What is this Christ telling us? The Talmud means the very, you want to know what the first kingdom of Tyre is? You have to learn. All the other things are schoolers, the siyach, the shmayah, these are, these are, these are, those are methods. Those are, those are systematic ways of, of, of attaining godless in Tyre. But the very first step is the Talmud. You've got to sit and learn yourself. Not learning, but being the simcha is not going to do it. It would be great if it was. Maybe someday they're going to invent some chip that we could get in our brain and could get the Eitzer HaChachma in our brain and we'll all be, you know, Chaim Panievskis. But I don't know if that day will come quick enough. And therefore, we have to sit and we have to apply ourselves in learning. If we're not going to be able to do that, if we're not going to give the Rabbi the fact that we're sitting and learning, we can't expect HaKadosh Baruch to do it all. The Torah doesn't require it of him. The Torah doesn't require of me to pull over my car if the guy's just going to be sitting and listening to the radio while I fix his tire. I don't have to do that. I have to help him, but only if he helps himself. If he's just putting it all on me, that's not the way it works. So this is very important to remember when we're davening for Tyra, and who doesn't? Who doesn't want Siach Dishmaya to be able to be a Tamar Chacham, to be able to have a Gishmak in learning? How many people come over to my table over the course of the many years that I've been here and say, Rebbe, I don't like learning. I just don't. It's a big problem. Some people love learning. Some people have that, they, they catch that bug and they absolutely love learning. All they want to do all day is learn and learn and learn. And that's the most beautiful bug to catch. But many of us do not have that bug. And many of us have a very hard time learning and we don't enjoy it. And the, the people that know say that there's only one etza for that. And that's to learn. If you learn... That will make you more proficient in learning. That will make you more comfortable in learning. And then there will be a time that all of a sudden it clicks and I have a geschmack in learning. Just like I wouldn't have a geschmack lahabdil in learning Chinese until I actually know Chinese. Or a geschmack in, lear- in physics until I know physics. I won't have a geschmack in learning if I don't know how to learn. And the only way to know how to learn is to sit and learn. And once you do sit and learn, then the Harevna, then the Harevna, then the Chidushim will start flowing, but you have to do it yourself. Don't wait for some magical Makubal to come and give you a bracha that you're going to be a Tamachacham. That doesn't work. I had a Rosh Hashiva once that I, I went over to and I, I, asked, I asked Makasha on the Gemara in, the Gemara in Shabbos says that Hazar bin Ner havin banim tamidachacham. If a person is nizar in lighting near Shabbos, a person is very careful in lighting near Hanukkah, you're going to have children that are Tamidei Chachamim. So I asked him, why children Tamidei Chachamim? Why not me? Why not if I'm Machbid on near Hanukkah, near Shabbos? Shouldn't it work for me? I mean, children. Forget the children. Forget the kids. What about me? My kids will worry about themselves, but I, got, I want to be a Tamid Chachamim. So he said something very eye-opening. 
He says, schoolists do not work for you. For you to be a Talmud Chacham, there's one thing to do, and that's sit and learn. There's no shortcuts. For your children, you could do things in the, in the house to enhance the Kedusha, the Torah, that hopefully it will make it a conducive place for them to want to be a Talmud Chacham. But for you to be a Talmud Chacham, lighting candles is not going to do the trick. Having a, a right to bendel, a, you know, a red strap around your, uh, around your that's not going to do the trick. It's unfortunate. I wish it would. But you can't be a Talmud Chacham with schoolers. Schoolers help maybe for your children, for this, for that. To be a Talmud Chacham, there's one way to be a Talmud Chacham. There's no shortcuts, unfortunately. You have to sit and you have to learn, and then HaKadosh Baruch will help you. But short of that, it ain't going to happen. This is true for Tyra, okay? So we have one cloud when it comes to learning. Hakim, Takim, Imai, this is what the Hevagah Chavitz Chaim teaches us this week. It's true also, Rabbi Sai, when it comes to Chesed. When it comes to Chesed, we have to do whatever we can to help other people. That's really the puzzle. Hakim, Takim is really talking about an act of Chesed to be able to stop your car on the road and help somebody, to call Chaveirim, which is one of the greatest organizations, by the way. Chaveirim is, if any one of you are from out of town and maybe don't have a Chaveirim branch where you live, there's an amazing organization called Chaveirim. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, for, it's like Hatzalah, but it's for your car. And if Rahman Litzlan, your car doesn't start, and it happened to me many times, I was, you know... The, whatever the starter doesn't work, or the you know somebody was in the car and they were they didn't turn on the engine and they were just using the you know the lights inside the car and I went into shul to daven for ten minutes. By the time I come back, the, the car the engine doesn't start. You call chaverim, and like within a few minutes, they send over a guy and he charges it and he doesn't charge you for it and and and, and it's amazing. I always say there's a when I, years ago when they first started the chaverim in Queens, so I had a Talmud. And he came to me, and he had, he, it was a nightmare for me, because I, I could so relate. He said that he had, a, he had a whole bunch of keys, and he had, you know, his car keys, and he had his, uh, his dorm key, and he had his locker key, and he had this key and that key, and he was coming out of his car, and his whole bunch of keys, which was his whole life, dropped into the sewer drain right under, you know, where he parked his car. And he's finished. That's it. You, you, you know, you're done. You might as well just retire. You have no place to go. You have no place to do You're done. So, so he said, what should I do? So I said, I don't know. I, I said, the only eights and maybe, I mean, it's not a, it's sort of a car issue because you have your car keys on it. Call Chaveir. Maybe they could help. He said, all right. So he calls Chaveir and a guy comes, a volunteer comes like a few minutes later. He tells him the problem. I thought for sure the guy would, you know, just run away. So what does this have to do with me? He runs to his car, opens his trunk. In his trunk, he has like a, a tackle box, you know, like one of those boxes that you go fishing with with all the. And in it, he has a uh, he has like a magnet with a uh, with a fishing line attached to it. And he he lowers this big magnet down the drain, and a second later, he pulls up the whole bunch of keys. Is there a bigger mitzvah than that? Is there a greater act of chesed than that? And it's unbelievable. You just gave back. It's tzias ha-mesim and You mamish gave back a guy's entire life with a, with a silly magnet. And 
That's chesed. That's hakim takim. But it has to be imai, which means that sometimes we can't do it all. But what we have to do is we have to do something. We have to do an act of chesed a little bit. We have to help our fellow brothers as much as we can. Whatever we can do to help, we have to help. Can we do the entire thing? No. We can't help completely with every single crisis in the world. But we have to try. We have to start. We have to do imay. We have to give HaKadosh Baruch a little bit so that he could finish the job. A few years ago, there was a there were two girls that were on vacation in Orlando, if you remember, and they were hiking somewhere, and they got lost in, the, in some forest area in Orlando. And it was a very big sakana, because you don't know who is out there, and you know, whether it's human, two-legged animals or four-legged animals. There's all types of people out there in the forests of, of Orlando uh, that that or anywhere that that uh, you know that it's dangerous for two girls to be out and, and they couldn't find them they had no way of communicating with them and it was a big pachad and as always happens in these cases Yisrael mobilizes like no one else they get their act together very quickly and they have thousands of volunteers and they're going and they're doing and they're flashlights and they they do whatever that Yisrael is unbelievable in crisis you want to be a Jew. You want to be a Jew? I heard once in Mysa, by the way, just that um, there was a guy on the side of a road. He broke, you know, he, his car broke down, and uh, and he had a yarmulke on, and the yid pulls up, of course, and helps, you know, and starts uh, helping out with the tire, with this, with that, calling. So he says, by the way, you know, where do you, you know, where where are you from? He says, I'm from the Bronx. So what's your name? He said Rodriguez. Rodriguez. He says, uh, you're a Yid? He says, uh, a what? He says, you're Jewish? He says, I'm not Jewish, no. He says, why are you wearing the skull cap? Why are you wearing the yarmulke? He says, because my mother told me that if my car ever breaks down, I should put this skull cap from the glove compartment on, and you're guaranteed to have somebody pull over and help you. <laughs> a Yid, it, it's a great club to be in when you're in crisis. So, all of a sudden, there were many people from all over that were going down to Orlando to help out. And there was a van leaving on Matsai Shabbos, so one of those large 18-seater vans, and word got out on the internet or whatever that we're leaving from a certain place, and both of them were going to drive down to Orlando in the middle of the night to try to look for those two girls. So people were coming from all over, both of them, they were you know, getting on the van, and all of a sudden there was a, a yid in a wheelchair a handicapped Yid, Rahman al-Litzlan, who pulls up to the, you know, he takes his wheelchair to the van. And the van driver was a tzaddik of a Yid, obviously, if he's doing this, he, he rented the van, he said, I'm sorry. He says, this isn't a handicapped, accessible van. We can't have, there's no, we can't, we have no way to get the wheelchair in. There's no room. So he says, I know. He says, you know if you know, then why did you come all this way and you know, make your business to get your wheelchair over here in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night? What are you doing? He says, I knew that I would not be able to go on the van and try to help find the girls because of my condition. But I wanted to do as much as I can. 
as much as I can, I wanted to do to help in the rescue mission. I came to the van. I can't get on. This is Adkam B'Shabbos HaGadol. I can't go any further, but I did my thing. I did my share so that the Rabbani Shalom now could do the rest. And a few hours later, these girls were miraculously found, and Baruch Hashem, they were safe and healthy and fine. And there's no doubt that this Yid contributed to the effort. When it comes to Chesed, you can't do everything. There are so many Nitzrachim out there that we can't, but we have to do whatever we can. We have to do something. We have to start the process. Hakeim, Hakeim, HaKadosh will help, but it has to be Imai. He wants to have us contribute something to the cause, something to the effort. Do something. Do a small act of Chesed, HaKadosh Baruch will make Yeshua's happen, but we have to do something for the process. You know, how can you avoid seeing on the news, reading about what's going on in Houston? I mean, it's Ayam Menaira. The pictures, the videos that are coming out of Houston, people, entire cities that are completely underwater, literally underwater. I mean, we had a little bit of a taste of it, or a big taste of it, a couple of years ago with Hurricane Sandy, we got walloped. And it took years to rebuild. There are certain places, I think, that are still not rebuilt. I grew up in Long Beach. I mean, I went to Long Beach to, to get my mother from there. And we, and we had to deal with all of the, the damage in our house, which was, Baruch Hashem, could have been a lot worse. But Long Beach, which is a very nice city, was literally a war zone. There were, there were like tanks rolling through the, cities, the streets of Long Beach. There were houses that were completely demolished. And, and, that's, that was, and the same was true in, in parts of Farakaway, in Bayswater, in Seagate, in, in Oceanside, in, uh, you know, in, in Manhattan... In New Jersey, there are places that were completely destroyed, and that's going on right now as we speak. It's going on right now in Houston. It's going on, and we have to have Achmanis, and we have to daven for the entire Houston. Not just for the Jews. We have a tendency sometimes to think of our brethren, and we should, and we'll get to that in a second, but it's an ace sarah for our country. It's a very bad matzah. You have to daven for the Gayim and the Jews. Because it's a terrible thing. If you look at these pictures and you see, you know, Jews, Gayim, whoever, and they have mamish nothing. They have, they're in, in, in shelters and they lost everything. Your heart has to tear a little bit. Your heart has to, has to bleed a little bit. A little bit. You know, we can't like watch these YouTube videos while we're like eating a candy bar and like as if it's some entertainment. It's, 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 it's a terrible, catastrophic event that's taking place right now, in real time. So what are we doing about it? Part of me wishes, you know, if I didn't have a position here and I, had, I didn't have a family, I would like to go down there myself and roll up my sleeves and help. Because I remember when Hurricane Sandy hit, how many people came from all over, to long, all these places that I just mentioned, busloads of people came from all over the country, literally. There were buses from Baltimore. There were, I remember, you know, we had a lot of Seamus in our house, a lot of Sarum, you know, and there were some nice Lubavitcher boys, I don't remember where they came from, but they came and they, they rolled up their sleeves and they took out the Seamus, I don't know where they took it to, but they helped. 
they helped. And you know, I got an email yesterday that in front of Seasons, you know, which is a supermarket on Main Street, there's, uh, there's, there's going to be a truck on Monday that they're sending down to the Jewish community in Houston. And they need, they have a whole list of things that they actually need that you can't bring whatever you want. You can't throw a stender on the truck. Like you got to, you know, follow what they need. They need Shabbos candles and they need chalas and they need um, those plastic silver kiddush cups and they need snacks for the kids. They need whatever they need, you know, non-perishable things that could travel and not spoil. And... I felt, oh, this is something that I could do. Like, I can't go to Houston and start helping out. I don't have the, the ability. But let me do that. So, by lunch yesterday, wherever it was, I went over to, to Seasons, and I filled up, like, a couple of bags of mash, and, uh, you know, whatever, some sour sticks. And my kids said, why are you giving me sour? They, they don't have water. They, you know, they're going to be so thirsty there. But... Um, you know, potato chips and pretzels, just so that, you know, is it going to solve the entire problem of Houston? Obviously not. It's a joke. Is it going to last? Like, you buy Shabbos candles, so let's say you buy Shabbos candles. Is it gonna, that's one Shabbos. What about the week after? Who's going to help them out that week? So maybe you're going to throw up your hands and say, it's impossible. I'm not, I can't do anything over here, so forget it. It's not impossible. Talking, talking, email. Just go and do something. If you go to Seasons today and you buy up so one lollipop and you throw it in a box over there by, on the table, that's something. Is it going to solve the problem? No. But you're giving the Rabbi Shalom the, the ability to give more Siyat Dishmaya to the cause. You're doing what you can. You're giving something. You're, it's an Ayam Amaisa. We have to do. We have to do whatever we can and we're limited. We can't do everything we can. We can barely do anything. But just like that man in the wheelchair, that subject that came and says, I have to do something. I know that I'm not going to be able to. What are you doing it for? Stay at home. No, that's not a Jewish mentality. Stay at home and do nothing. I have to do something. Is it going to solve any problem? Maybe not, but it will. Because if I show the Rabbi that I'm with you in the cause, that Imaya Neche B'Tzara that I'm doing my part, small as it may be, it's not insignificant. It's huge. HaKadosh Baruch wants us to do our part and then he will do his. Do something. Don't say, I'm a little guy, it's not for me. Let the big people do it. There's no big people. It's all you and me. That's the big people. And if every single person would give and I remember I was once, I had a very bad, t- I, I once was walking in the streets of Yerushalayim, and I'm sure we have all experienced that. I, you know, a guy was, was standing there on the, asking for money on the street. So I didn't have any money. I had some kesef katan, as they call it. You know, I put, uh, so I, whatever was in my pocket, maybe it was 10 agro, maybe it was 20, maybe it was a shekel, I don't know. I gave, I put it in the guy's hand, and I kept walking, and the guy, like, threw it at me. I was like, What? Do I deserve, you know, this is what I had. If you get 10 agura from every single guy that's walking down the street, you're, you're, you're okay. And it's true. The pushka goes around, I only have a penny. Put the penny in. Well, what's a penny going to do? Maybe not a lot, but at least you're trying, you're doing. You're, it's a mitzvah. 
is it going to solve all the Aniyam's problems in the world? No. But it's not your job. HaKadosh Baruch has to worry about that. But you have to be Hakim Takim Ima. You have to help him out a little bit. When it comes to Tyre, you have to help him out a little bit by sitting and learning and let him, let him do the rest. When it comes to Chesed, you've got to do a little bit. Help him. When you help, HaKadosh Baruch responds in an amazing way. But it needs our ability to start the process. That's how HaKadosh Baruch works in this world. It's true with Parnassa. Persons want a job. You have to try. You have to try to get a job. If you're sitting at home and you're not trying to get a job, you're not going to get a job. No one's going to. No boss is going to knock on your door. Hey, are you a chayim? It's so funny. I need. To, I, I want to give you a no. That's not going to happen. You have to do what you can. When it comes to shiduchim, if a person's not gay, I'm taking a hiatus. Okay, you're taking a hiatus. You're not going to get married if you take a hiatus. You have to date. There's only one way of getting married, and that's to date. If you're not dating, you're not going to get married. It's very pushed. People don't understand that. They think, well, I could, I could take a hiatus, and I'm going to get married. You're not going to get married. You have to do. I once wanted to say that that's the, the Gemara says that when it comes to Parnassa, it's Kashla Zatan, it's Kashla Kriyas Yamsa. Parnassa is difficult as splitting the sea, and Shiduchim is as difficult as splitting the sea. Well, what does that have to do with Kriyas Yamsa, these two things? And I wanted to say that Kriyas Yamsa, how did Kriyas Yamsa happen? Nachshim ben Aminadav went and he jumped into the Yamsuf. Without that act of jumping in, of doing something, it wouldn't have happened. When it comes to Shiduchim, when it comes to Parnasa, we have to do our Hishtadus. We have to try. We have to network. We have to do. HaKadosh Baruch will do his part. But we have to be the Nachshim ben We have to jump in. We've got to jump into the waters and see what happens. But if we don't, HaKadosh Baruch can't help us. HaKadosh Baruch helps those, but you have to help yourself. If you're helping yourself, HaKadosh Baruch will, will, will be bountiful in the bracha that comes, but you have to do something on your own. And when you do something, you'll see just his yatsu or uas Yeshua Hashem, just stand back and see the Yeshua, it will come. But you have to start the process. It's very important to understand this principle. Nothing happens without us starting something. Do! Don't be lazy. Don't say other people will take care of it. They won't. You have to do whatever you can and then let the Rabbi Yishram take care of the rest. It's Elo. And in Elo you have to talk about Shuvah. And tshuva is very, very much in line with this concept. Chazal say, a beautiful Chazal, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Klai Yisrael, Pischuli Pesach Kechudai Shalmachat Fani Eftach Lachem Karubay Sashamayim All I want from you, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is open up a little Pesach, like the eye of a needle. If you look at a needle, it has a little opening where you thread it. That's called a chudeh shalmachat, 
a very small opening. If you're able, says Akedushvachu, to open up for me even a chudesh al machat, an eye of a needle, just open up a little of your heart to do tshuva, a little bit. Not a lot. You don't have to be like this big, you know, you don't have to be Ori Zohar all of a sudden, like Mamash have an entire, you know, change of life and be, uh, be the world's greatest Balchuva ever. Just do something. HaKadosh to start the process. Open your heart a mashahu. How big is that Kudosh HaMachat? So small. Like, you know, if you don't have a good eyesight, you can't, you can't even thread a needle. It's so small. HaKadosh Baruch says, open that, a, millis, a, a little, little nothing. I'm not asking you for who knows what. I just want you to start thinking about doing tshuva. And if you do so, says HaKadosh Baruch I will open up for you the greatest of openings, the greatest halls. Uh, what's the MetLife Stadium. Anyone that, that was at the CMHS a couple of years ago, huge stadium, 100,000 people could fit in that stadium. It's a huge, huge area, huge arena. If you open up for me, a little dot in your heart, a little hole of tshuva, I will give you MetLife Stadium of tshuva. I could do anything I want, but you have to start. It has to be a real decision that you're making to start the process. Once you make that decision, HaKadosh Baruch says, I'm in. But I'm waiting for you. If you just think about it, if you make some resolve, if you start getting out of summer mode a little bit and say, I want to get into chuba mode, a little bit. Nothing dramatic. Nothing overly drastic. You don't have to do something that's not much life-altering. Just start. That's what L is. L is a time to start opening up a little teeny weeny hole in your heart. And when a person does that, Hakarishparku says, Hakim Takim Imai, I will pick you up. I will give you whatever you want. I will be mitire you. But you have to start. One of the major principles of Chuba is defined in Rabbi Yaina and Shari Chuba. We just learned it the other day, by the way. A plug. If anyone wants to learn Shari Tshuva during Elo, which is the greatest safer in the world to learn during Elo, and they're not, let's say, learning Halacha, please come to my table after davening. Every morning we have a very Geshmaka Chabura, seven, eight minutes, and we're learning Rabbi Yaina during Elo until Yim Kippur, and it just is an amazing way to start a day in Elo. Not taking you away from Mishnah Baruch. If you're learning Mishnah Baruch, then learn Mishnah Baruch. But if you're not, you're going to breakfast, whatever, Come. We just learned the other day in Rabbi Yaina something amazing. He says the following one line. Ki yazar Hashem lashavim kasher yad tivam maseges. HaKadosh helps those that want to do tshuva even though they naturally can't. Naturally I can't do tshuva. I am a person that's very, very not able to change. I am very set in my ways. I like my trappings of gashmias that I do. I like my entertainment every day. I like the way I eat. I like the way I sleep. I like the way I'm misdavening. I like, I like my lifestyle. It's very gashmak. Naturally, I can't do tshuva. It's impossible. I mean, come on. I'm going to stop speaking Lashon Hara. I'm going to stop watching movies. I'm going to start waking up in the morning 
not me. I'm going to take a pass. It's very hard to do tshuva if you're comfortable in your everyday life. It's very hard. It's almost impossible. There's only one way of doing tshuva, says Rebbeini Aina. And that's to start the process. And as soon as you start, you'll see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu grants you this yat, this shmaya, to accomplish amazing things with your life, even though naturally you cannot. Kacharein yad tiva maseges. You can't naturally do this. It's impossible. But if you start, that little, little, teeny hole in your heart, maybe, you know, a little agitation. I shouldn't really be speaking so much Lashon Hara. I should really get up early. I should really be nicer to my parents. I should be more respectful to my friends, to my rabbeim. I should have more Shmira Seinayim than I have. A little bit! We're not saying you have to be who knows what. Just a little agitation in your heart during Elul. If you start that process, Shuva is now an open field for you. You can accomplish great things, but you have to start. Once you start, Siat Dishmaya kicks in. Hakim Takim Akadishbahu, you think he wants us to be on the ground? Locked in the full Nelson of Yatsahara? He doesn't. He, he wants he wants to get up. He wants us to do tshuva. He wants us to come close to him. This is what he wants, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So let him do it. Who's stopping him? The only one that's stopping him is us. Hakim Tukim, he will pick us up. But it has to be Imai. It has to be together with us. When we help him out, when we roll up our sleeves a little bit to do tshuva, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Embraces us. Hakadosh Baruch Hu loves that. Hakadosh Baruch Hu will give us Arubais Hashemayim, MetLife Stadium. Just open up a little millicentimeter, millimeter of tshuva, of hero tshuva. Not even tshuva, a hero tshuva. Just the thought of tshuva. The Gemara says, of a person, if a Russia goes and is Makadish and Isha, and he says, Hare I want to marry you on the condition that I'm a tzadik gomer. He's mekudeshes. They're, they're married. Mazel tov. He's a Russia gomer. Shema, here, tshuva, believai. Because maybe he had a little here tshuva, maybe he had a little bit of a thought, I should be a better guy. He didn't do anything major. He had a hero tshuva. He had a thought, a, ble- a brief, fleeting, momentary concept of tshuva in his brain. Somewhere in the back, he said, Amazing. A Russia. Not you and me, a real hardened Russia. Mekudeshes because Shema hero tshuva belibai. A hero tshuva is enough. Think about tshuva. When we say Ashibain Avinu Sarasah, when we say Safman Avini Khatan, we have plenty of opportunities to Maharabachuba. And once we really start making a little bit of a of a dent in our brains of that chuba, Hakarishvaku will take over. He'll give us that ability to do it when we can't. Like he does everything when we can. We can't learn Tyre either. We start learning, we can. Chesed, I'm gonna solve Houston. No? You can't. 
but do whatever you can. Akadosh Baruch will take care of the rest. This is the way it works in life. This is the principle that we take from this week's parasha of Hakim Takim Imai. Hakadosh Baruch is waiting to help us, but we have to help ourselves first. We have to do. It's an Eilam Hamaisa. This is not an Eilam Hamachshava. In the next world, that's an Eilam Hamachshava. This is the world of action. Lasais. Asher Bara Lekim Lasais is the world that we have to do something. We can't do everything. We can barely do anything. But do something. And once we start getting ourselves into that mode of action, HaKadosh takes the ball and runs with it. And he does Yeshua's, but we have to start. Where do we start with Shuvah? What should we start with? Where are so many things I have to work with? Where do I begin? So Rapam says, and we'll end with this, an amazing thing. The Pasuk says, I believe it's in Parashas Nitzavim, possibly Vayela. Kikarev Eilecha Hadavar Ma'aid Talking about tshuva, it's machlekas rishayim. Whether it's talking about taira or tshuva, it's very close to you. Let's say tshuva. It's very, very close. It's very close. It's doable. The Torah is saying tshuva is a doable process. You could do it. It's close. Zotra pam. You know what the Torah means when it says It's close to you. When you're doing tshuva, do tshuva on something that you feel is near and dear to your heart. If, let's say, there's something that I like. Let's say I like davening. So you like davening, so do tshuva with davening. You wake up on time for davening, wake up a few minutes earlier for davening. You find yourself sometimes talking during davening, so stop talking during davening. If that's the mitzvah that you feel close to, so that's your first step in the process of tshuva. Find something that you like. Don't start with uh, the, the heavy lifting things. Okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to mamish be nizar in, uh, you know, in tikkun chatzais. I'm going to start like waking up at midnight and do it. No, no, no. Don't do things that are really hard and difficult. We don't like that. We're Americans. We like things very easy. We don't like doing anything that really resi- involves any toil. We like doing things that are geschmack. So find something that's kishmak and, and, and do it well. You like helping people? So go to a nursing home and help some people. That's your tshuva. Learning, you, you find you, you like learning, but sometimes you battle. So try to cut out the battle a few more minutes every single seder. That's your tshuva. You want to start making some maisa, some really a beginning to show the Rebbein okay, I'm ready to start the process, find something that you like doing. Don't do the hard thing. Hard things are really hard. Do something that's geschmack. Do something that you find easy and enjoyable and improve on that. That's your first step of tshuva. And once you get that down pat, then don't be surprised if you perfect that and all of a sudden your learning is better, your davening is better, and your, you know, your relationship with people are better. Suddenly the whole world changes. Because you've started the process yourself. And from there, there's a domino effect to every single recess of your life. Because HaKadosh Baruch is now going to be showering bracha on you. 
Let's try to take these words to heart. Let's try to sit and learn. The Talmud, the first thing that we should be doing, the first king of Tyre is sitting and learning. It's such a beautiful time to be in yeshiva, isn't it? The weather is beautiful outside. It's not cold, it's not hot, it's just perfect. We had a long summer, some of us had a great summer, some of us had a disastrous summer. But we're back in yeshiva, Baruch Hashem. Is there a better place in the universe to be than yeshiva? Is there a better chevra to be with than the chevra in this room? Is there a better mash... Um, it doesn't get better than this. It doesn't get better than this. You have to appreciate what you have. Sit and learn. What are we waiting for? You think it's going to be easier by midterms? It's going to be easier by finals? Now is the sweet spot of the year. And it just happens to be L, so it's perfect, perfect, perfect. Perfect. You don't have to worry about the real studying until after Sukkot, probably. So you have a nice patch of time now that we could learn, we could daven, we could dance, we could sing, we could have Shabbos, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. Beautiful. Chaparayim. The Talmud. Just sit and give the Rabbani Shalom Nachas a little bit, and this is when your life will change. When you start a little bit, HaKadosh Baruch will give you tremendous bracha. There's no doubt about it. How could it be any, anything else? Chesed, today, go, go to Seasons and put a bag of potato chips in the bag, in the box. Do something for Houston. Show the finish them. I can't do everything, but I, I can't drive down there. I can't help them schlep. I could give maybe some money online. That's also a very important thing. But, I, but something minimal. Do something. So that you could say years later, I contributed to the cause. Was it substantial? You think not, but it is. If every single person would give a bag of potato chips and, a, and some candles, they'd be okay. Don't ever put down even a little thing that you do. Tyra, Chesed, and Shuva. Just start. We have to start a little bit. Thinking about El, thinking about the Emadin, thinking about Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. It's coming before you know it. We're running out of runway. I once saw a bumper sticker, beat the Yom Kippur rush, do tshuva today. Every Yom Kippur, everybody's doing tshuva. But B'nai Taira have an obligation to start tshuva earlier. Rabbi Niyana said this morning to us that an Amaretz is a person, what do you think an Amaretz is? The definition of most people's for an Amaris, a person that doesn't know how to learn, he has no ideas entirely, he just knows nothing. A real, he's an Amaris. That's not Rabbeinu's definition of an Amaris. You know what the definition of Rabbeinu is of an Amaris? He says the difference between a Talmud Chacham and an Amaris is a Talmud Chacham, after he does an Avera, rushes to do Tshuva. And an Amaris, he procrastinates. Yeah, maybe next year. Maybe in Kippur. Think about tshuva today. Start the process. Do something. Make a dent. Make some impression on your heart. Be mahara b'tshuva. A little bit. Start with something that you enjoy and improve it a little bit. Whatever it is, if you find that you're lacking in something or that you could do something better, then work on that. If you enjoy it, great. Make it better. But do something. Talking, talking, Iman.
HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to help us. We don't have a better advocate, a better friend, a better, a better, a better help, a better assistant, a better, call him whatever you want. We don't have anything other than the Rebbeinu Shalom. There's nothing but him. But the rule of the game is that he will only trigger goodness and bracha and hatzlacha when we make the first move. Iman. He wants to wait for us to start and once we start, then look out because anything can happen there. And my bracha to you is that we should have a beautiful zman together. The first shmuz of the zman, bracha Hashem, we have a great crowd. It should get bigger next year, next week. And, and tell your friends what they missed. I mean, I think everybody's here, right? But in case they're not all here, tell them what they missed and tell them that we missed them. And we want to be marba. We want to we want to bring everybody in. If we're just doing it alone, we're not gonna we're not gonna make it as a yeshiva. We have to get every single friend and roommate and and chavrusa to come to things and to be part of yeshiva. Include them, and then we'll have bracha. Let's have a wonderful zman. Let's have those the ability to sit and learn with a geshmak. Let's do our chesed. Let's understand that whatever we want to do in life, it starts with us doing it, taking the first step. everything. And let's also start the process of tshuva. Be mahara b'tshuva. Do something that's correct to you. And we should have bracha, v'atzlacha, b'chol maisi adenu.